What is up, chumps? It is game week this week on the Fantasy Chumps podcast. And boys, am I excited to get this started. We are so close to the NFL season actually started. It's kind of a long summer without football. But we're back and we're ready to go. How are we all feeling about it? The NFL is finally back. Thank goodness. Now we can stop pretending to care about college football. Do, do we really? Do we just pretend? Is, is that all? Nobody told me. I was supposed to just be pretending. Well, I, I do like college football, but it doesn't even hold a candle to the blazing torch of the NFL. There was some, some, some fun times week one. Or, well, if you consider last week week one. It was Clemson going down. Like, Caleb Williams looking phenomenal. Against who? I don't know. It doesn't Nevada. matter. <laughs> it does matter. <laughs> no. It's still incredible. Uh, I thought college football was good. But the more important thing, the NFL's back. We're excited. That's true. Nate, I know you're excited. Nate's just Look speechless. Oh. He's so excited. He's, he's speechless. speechless. Like, come on. <laughs> this is quite possibly, like, the greatest week of the year for me. Every year when this rolls around, it's like, it's like a week-long Christmas. It's incredible. Um, I think just the anticipation of, like, all off-season, I've been, like, looking at these matchups for week one and just, like, thinking about, like, the possible storylines and, like, just everything that goes into it. Just, like, now it's finally here and it's kicking off tomorrow, which it might be today, depending on when we release this. But the Chiefs and the Lions <laughs> kick off the NFL season – which is honestly an incredible matchup, I think, to start it off. Like, I think you've got the Chiefs as, you know, dynasty in the making, and then Lions coming off the best season they've had in, what, like a dozen years or so? <laughs> Finished last year with a winning record. It was incredible. But I think, I mean, they added some ammo to the, to the team as well. So I think they're going to be very motivated to play, probably pretty fired up. Uh, Arrowhead's going to be electric tomorrow. So. Dude, I just, I always, I kind of forgot we get to see the banner unveiled. Oh, oh, yeah. are they doing that tomorrow? Yeah, they always do it for the opening game. Because I remember the last, the la- first Super Bowl we won of our lifetimes, it was during the COVID year. It's so, like there was only a small amount of people there for it. So that's kind of cool that they, that they get the full experience this time. Yeah. Well, nice. Something else to look forward to. I know. But it's incredible. <laughs> I cannot wait to start unpacking this with you guys. I cannot either. So, well, let's get started. I have a question of pod, courtesy of one of my friends, but I know him through my girlfriend's work, Grayson. I don't know if you listen or not, but this is for you. So his question was, he's in two fantasy football leagues and got the first pick 101 in both of them. Must be nice. And he, he, he texted me and asked me, do I just take Justin Jefferson twice because he's a stud? Or do I take somebody else in one of the leagues for, you know, purposes? And who would that other person be? So kind of spread the wealth. Hmm. So 
I I have like mixed feelings on that. I think I'm definitely guilty of it, but I'm guilty of it with guys later on down the draft board of, you know, you get to the seventh round like this year, my seventh round pick in a lot of my drafts was Christian Kirk. It just, it just was, it was somebody who I, I really liked. And, you know, I get nervous about it because what if he tears his ACL week one or, you know, what if the yeah. Jags offense isn't as good as we think it's going to be? Or what if this – like, at some point you have to put a stop to it and just say, I'm going to take the players that I like and go with my gut feeling. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Like, diversifying your fantasy rosters I think is good to a certain extent. But if there's a player that you really like – like, if he truly believes that Jefferson is the top overall player in fantasy this year, then take Jefferson. So – I'm very much a gut guy. Like if I, <laughs> if I have an inkling on a player, like go after him, you know, just have, have fun with it. It's a fantasy football roster. It's not the end of the world. So take Jettas. If you think it's Justin Jefferson, I like Jamar chase. I took Jamar chase with the first overall pick in, in my high school fantasy football league. So I think there's also a case to be made for chase, but whoever, you know, whoever you believe is the number one pick, take him. Even if you have him in another league, just go ahead and draft him. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, I think I've I've heard a lot of talk around Justin Jefferson uh, this year. <laughs> a lot of people don't think he can repeat as a wide receiver one this year. Just thinking Who that there's like, <laughs> I mean, I just think a lot of people are thinking that he's got like no more room for improvement. Like he's already reached the ceiling and has put up like top receiver numbers for the last two years. And there's like, where else does he really go? And so they're kind of looking at other people that are around him to maybe take a step forward, like Jamar Chase, which I don't know if Jamar Chase has reached his ceiling or not. Um, I think it's hard to argue that Justin Jefferson, like, has more room for improvement. I mean, I don't know how you can build upon a season like last year. Um, I mean, we'd be getting into Cooper Cup territory from 2021, which was outrageous. So... But I also think with Justin Jefferson, what makes me feel comfortable taking that pick at the one-on-one every single time is that he is projected in Sleeper and in ESPN to go way below the point total that he had for last year. So last year, he finished with about 370 fantasy points uh, in PPR leagues. This year for 2023, he's projected about 320 so, I mean, if you were to average that out over the, the 18 games, I mean, it doesn't really boil down to that much on a weekly basis. But I just think having that kind of margin there of, hey, we're projecting the wide receiver one to put up 320 points. This same guy put up 370 the year before and m- over 320 the year before that. I just think that gives you a little wiggle room where maybe Jamar doesn't have to have his like best season to still be – you know, safely a top three receiver. Yeah, Justin Jefferson getting 320 points over 17 games is 18.8 fantasy points per game. So it would definitely be his lowest output of his career so far. Yeah. But we can live with that. You can. Take whoever you want to <laughs> just draft the player. Yeah, it really I, is. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be worried about having Jefferson in two leagues. That's a really good problem to have. Yeah. 
I wouldn't either. He's also an accountant, so he's very risk averse. So he's going to take Christian McCaffrey. In. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that, that was a great question. Again, always DM us or text us if you know us about questions. We always enjoy those. So moving on. So basically, we're going to kind of dive into news and prep for NFL Week 1. Just in terms of fantasy, we're not going to talk to you about how Chandler Jones and Von Miller aren't playing, but they aren't. So we're going to start off with, I guess, kind of the more breaking news. Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee in practice yesterday, got scans, and turns out it was just a bone bruise. He is questionable to play depending on his pain tolerance and swelling of the knee is what I have read most places. Uh, <laughs> do you guys think he plays? Because I personally don't. I think it's a coin flip. You know, I I asked you guys the same question before we started recording. He, he if anything, he's going to go out there and be a decoy. I don't. Whether he plays or not, he's not going to be fantasy relevant for this matchup, in my opinion. So I wouldn't be starting him. If you've drafted already, I would probably not go pick up Noah Gray to start him. I don't think that's the solution. Probably, like, if there's a Tyler Higby out there and there's somebody, you know, like, or even, is it Chig Okonkwo? Is o- Okonkwo? Is yeah. that his la- Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okonkwo is out there. Um, Dulcich, he's out there. Ah, just you probably have to stream tight end for a week. Uh, I don't think it's worth keeping Kelsey in that spot, even if he is playing, unless there's overwhelming news that comes out tomorrow, like as a game time decision, Hey, Kelsey's a full go. If you don't hear that, I'm, I'm personally not starting him, but I don't have him yeah. any in my league. So I don't, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> nice. Nate, do you feel the same way? <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of thinking that, I would say there's like a 20% chance that he plays tomorrow. I kind of think if he's hurt or not feeling 100%, I don't think that they're going to risk him uh, by putting him out on the field. Even to be like a decoy, I feel like that he would just rather keep him healthy, let him rest up and be good to go for the rest of the season versus, you know, um, risking like retweaking it or aggravating it again. So I kind of am leaning towards he's probably not going to play tomorrow. If you have him in any leagues, I'd be, you know, I'd be refreshing Twitter pretty frequently looking for updates <laughs> and reports. And if he's, you know, out on the field doing some drills and looking good and everything, then um, if you hear good news by game time that he is going to play, I think you start him. I mean, I am of the belief that he's not going to – if he's going to play, he's going to have a role and be relevant to the game. And if he's, you know, not 100%, they're not going to put him out there. So I agree. I think he'll want to be out there, but yeah, I think the Coach Reed and the team will be like, listen, not going to risk your knee health this year for the Lions week one. No offense, Josh. But... Do, uh, do we want to make a maybe a scoring prediction for another Chiefs player in the absence okay. of, Kelsey, of Kelsey? Sure. I I feel like Sky Moore or my guy Rishi is oh going to end up in the end zone tomorrow night. That's just Why a personal. Both? It could. It honestly could be both. I I think this 
actually could get Rasheed quite a bit more playing time just because he's a bigger receiver. Um, or just, Justin Ross? Maybe. It's, it's possible. He, he's been a great story. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see how that translates to the field. Let's say, hypothetically, Travis Kelsey's out tomorrow. Give me a prediction for Sky Moore's fantasy point total for week one. Twelve and a half. Dang. I was going to say over 13. <sighs> I was going to say 16. Woo! Oh! Getting spicy. That is bold. I'd I take think the under eight, on that. Eight I'll, for 80. I'll take the under on that, Nate. <laughs> you going to throw me yeah. some odds? Ooh, definitely <laughs> we'll not. Get, we'll get into those later. <laughs> Next up, Cooper Cup re-aggravated his hamstring. Is out for this week against the Seahawks. Might be placed on IR. It's not a great start to the season for Mr. Cup, is it? Not for a 30-year-old. No. I kind of feel bad because he's so good when he plays, but the past year and a half, I guess, has just been – I guess brutal to watch. Nate, don't you think it do you think this is the end of the road for Cooper Cup in fantasy? Oh, uh, I feel like this was going to be his last year of being like really dominant. I don't I don't know how bad this injury is honestly. I haven't been tracking it that closely cuz I don't have Cooper Cup in any of my leagues. But <laughs> I mean they said I it sounded today like he might be going to IR soon, is that right? Potentially. It's just a hamstring injury. So it's just one of those okay. things that it, it kind of nags on. Like there's not a clear end in sight. And a lot of times the re-injury is incredibly likely. That's why yeah. so many fantasy football outlets suggest against drafting players who have had preseason hamstring injuries. Like or Jerry Judy. Yeah. Right. Jerry Judy's on that list. Christian Watson's on that list. Cooper Cup is on that list. Um Gosh, I feel like there's one more bigger Did Mark game. Cooper have a soft tissue injury? Not that I remember. He, he could have. He was definitely hurt. He was. Preseason. I, anyway. Um, I'll look it up. I don't think it's the end of the road for Cooper Cup. I think the best thing for the Rams would be to sit him for a month and a half. Like, they're not going to be competing in games anyways. It's not going to make a huge difference for the team if he misses six weeks now, I guess the question then is, is do they trade him? You know, is there somebody who's going to take on a Cooper cup at the price that the Rams would want him? Probably not. But for the sake of the player, I think he just, he needs time to recover from this injury. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't expect him to be playing anytime soon. My yeah. anticipation Was that... is that he'll hit the IR. Was hamstring what held Julio Jones up towards the end of his career? Yes. Was it a yeah. nagging hamstring that just kind of bothered him for like four years at the end? Yeah. He was always questionable <laughs> with hamstring issues or knee issues yeah. or, yeah, lower body. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, that's rough. Let's see. I'm trying to find this. Uh, I don't think it was soft tissue. Soft a minor tweak. Core muscle. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, I don't know. I would, uh, if, you, if you haven't, no, everybody's drafted at this point. Never mind. Said, <laughs> but hopefully, stream, <laughs> a streamer I... <laughs> that I like, 
week one is Van Jefferson. Contract year, wide receiver one for the Rams this week. Probably wide receiver one for the next two or three weeks. He could be a sneaky value, and I bet he's on your waiver wire. So. Oh, he most certainly is. Yeah. I'm not checking or anything. Don't worry about me. Yeah, gets, but, gets ESPN notification. <laughs> hey, now. But, yeah, so that's that's interesting. I hate that for Cooper Cup. Hope he gets healthy soon. So we're going to move on to Mark Andrews with his quad injury. He did practice today, very limited. He just did walkthroughs with the team. But he has first time back on the practice field in a while, so it's a good sign. Do you think there's going to be any hesitation with him? John, I know you're a big uh, Mark Andrews fan this year. It That's kind of a misrepresentation of my stance on Andrews. Uh, it, Nate okay, and I are similar. Mind. Nate's DeAndre Hopkins is my Mark Andrews. He's just <laughs> fallen to me a couple times, and I'm like, I can't really pass on him. I've gotten him in the fourth round, I think, in three leagues now. And it's just it's too late to pass on him. So it's uh, fair. Anyway, I I expect Andrews to play this week. I think everything points in the direction of he will be a go for week one. Uh, he wasn't moving from what I read on Twitter. He wasn't – it's not like he was moving at 100%, but he also wasn't moving slowly. He was just like – he was kind of going through the motions. He was still participating in drills, doing walkthroughs. So my anticipation based off of that news and it being – Wednesday, I think he's going to play Sunday. So I expect okay. Mark Andrews to be a full go. Uh, I actually expect him to be a, kind of an impact player in that game too. So, uh, yeah, I like I like Andrews in week one. Me too. Nate, do you have any input? I do not. All right, moving on. Uh, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, both receivers for the Packers. We were just talking about it. Hamstring injuries for both. They practiced in a limited capacity today, but maybe in doubt for uh, being a full go. Do we, you know, are people looking towards who's that other receiver? I just, Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed, yeah. To start him, are you guys playing? Do you guys have these guys in any league? Because I personally, I have Romeo Dobbs, but he's not starting anywhere. So I have Watson and Dobbs and dynasty currently watson is in my starting lineup i don't love it but i have a couple options to pivot if i need to um i i kind of think they're both gonna play but again that's just it's a wednesday thing one of them might have been held out from team activities today and one of them wasn't i can't remember which one but again i I don't think theirs is as serious. I think Dobbs has been nagging a little bit longer and Watson is more recent. If I remember correctly, I think Watson actually got designated today. So I think Watson was the one who didn't walk through today and Dobbs has been a longer injury. So Dobbs is probably looking better. Watson just got the designation today though. Hmm. Well, definitely hoping for the best there. Nate. I've got no skin <laughs> in this Packers wide receiver core. <laughs> Somebody, I, I will say, and the only reason I'm even touching on this guy is because I just did a, it was a 12 team dynasty league where we drafted 26 rounds. 
So we got into the depths of sleeper. My goodness. <laughs> it that's, took that's it. it was a slow draft and it took us three and a half days. <laughs> so also the only reason ahead. I'm even bringing up Jaden Reed is because of that. But I feel like he's somebody that I'm just like I've kind of got like a star next to his name. I'm just like I need to see something from him. I'm like, we didn't really get to see much of him in preseason, even though he played. Um, I would just like to see kind of what he shows because I do think this Packers wide receiver room is kind of open for grabs. So it's like, if he can be dynamic and pretty explosive and, you know, if these guys are out or limited, if he can get Jordan loves trust for the first couple of weeks, like he might be somebody that you, you know, trying to add off waiver, spend a couple bucks of fab on, get him while nobody else is really thinking about him, then it could play out for you in the long run. But that's really, other than that, not too exciting for me. Also, it is Dobbs that had sat out practice. He hasn't practiced or played since the last preseason game. So definitely think he'll be sitting out. Uh, moving on, we have uh, JSN. He is playing this weekend for the Seahawks. That's good. Don't know if many people are starting him, but it's probably a better uh, Geno Smith thing. So, moving on. Jerry Judy, hamstring injury, possibly playing. Uh, my opinion is if you have them, I would play somebody else on your team. Would you agree with that? Cortland Sutton or Marvin Mims. Um... I'm excited for Mims week one just to see what he does in the absence of Judy, assuming he doesn't play. No, I agree. Uh, moving on to – that's kind of – did you guys have any other news you want to touch on? Mm-mm. That was that was the bulk of the injuries, the major yeah. ones. Gosh, I hate injuries. So, last, last bit of – I guess we'll call this news. Nate, this was your thing you started. We're just going to touch on it real quick since drafts are basically done. The hard knocks effect. So, Nate. All right. Well, thanks for uh, filling in for me last week while I was out. But You're welcome. So, rounding out the hard knocks effect, um, I actually haven't watched the most recent episode, so I don't really know who was featured or what all took place in the most recent episode. But uh, basically, Garrett Wilson, from the start of Hard Knocks to now, moved from basically ADP 20 in Sleeper to 17.9. So, I mean, that's a couple spots jump, I would say, um, which is more impactful for how high up he is. So that's pretty interesting there. Dalvin Cook has slipped a little bit. He moved from – actually, he's kind of stayed about the same, right around 70 Brees Hall obviously has fallen back a bit with the addition of Dalvin Cook. Um, Brees started at 29.8 and has fallen off to 40, um, in my opinion. Possibly a little bit of an overreaction. But um, Aaron Rodgers uh, moved up from 109 to 95. And that is about it for the the big-name guys in Hard Knocks. I don't really want to touch on Alan Lazard. Too He's much falling. of Randall Cobb. <laughs> yeah, falling. those guys, they are slipping. Yeah, I feel like a, the Cook and Brees, like you talked about, was probably due to the injury slash splitting time. So that's not surprising. The, the Rodgers one, he jumped a lot. So that's not surprising at all, I feel like. 
I, I so. think that was he was way too low to start this offseason. Like yeah. one oh nine. He he still is, I think, way too low in the in the quarterback race. He's just got too many weapons now and I still think he's shown that he's got the juice to do it. So I mean Aaron Rodgers in any kind of like super flex league is like I'm trying to snipe him with that yeah. QB two pick if I could. No, I agree. So Moving on, we have the lock of the week. Do you guys want to save this for last? Do you want to do it now? Um, I would rather end it on that, I think. If you're good okay. with that, John. Yep, let's send it out on that one. Okay, we'll come back to it. So uh, what we want to talk about next is we just finished our vampire draft for our league. So we're not going to recap all of our teams because that would take too long, but just want to touch on – I guess the strategy behind it, how it went and some observations based on it. So John, this is, you were, you're the commissioner. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Regrettably. Uh, I, I am the <laughs> commissioner See, for, for all you commissioners out there. And you know, I, I'm sure I'm in a, in a podcast with two of them right now, but I know one of them exactly. for sure. Nate, I'm sure you're a commission in, in some league somewhere. Sure, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> Being the commissioner kind of sucks sometimes. <laughs> not gonna lie, it's it's a hot seat to be in. It's kind of like being Roger Goodell. The people love you and they hate you at the same time. So, uh, I I am excited for the Vampire League. I was telling some of my coworkers that are in the league, uh, Blake Blake and Steven, the Cowboys fans, as they're referred to on the podcast sometimes. Yes. Uh, I am probably more excited for the Vampire League than any of my other leagues this season hmm. just because of how different it is. But that being said, it's going to be kind of boring throughout the year. Um, <laughs> As we I, don't do anything. Yeah. yeah. You kind of just draft and watch after that. <laughs> well, my opinion on it, and I'll be quick with it. You're going to see who's actually good at drafting a squad and who's not because as the year goes on the depth and your prediction of hey, what is this bench player going to be after 17 weeks of an NFL season? I think that's really going to start to show. So that's that's my opinion on it. Um, I personally thought the draft was stupid hard. I yes. am not a huge fan of my team, so I may have just you know shot myself in the foot there, thrown myself under the bus. Um, <laughs> the Great hardest – yeah, so the thing is is that you have to you have to consider more than just like the first few weeks of the season unlike your normal redraft leagues because there's not going to be many transactions in this league. Trades are available, but there's vetoes that I mean the the vampires the commissioner, he can veto trades um for any reason. They, it doesn't have to be lopsided. So as a whole, I would give my roster like maybe a B minus. I think um, I thought the hardest thing to do was to take players that you really just weren't excited about, but you had to do to the constraint on transactions, if that makes sense. So yeah. taking running backs that you're not necessarily a huge fan of, or taking wide receivers just because they're going to have opportunities and you need guys who are going to have high volume, low quality targets just because. So um, 
that was my personal take from it. I did not get a quarterback early. I got Mark Andrews. So that was one thing that I tried to do in drafts this season was either get a really good quarterback or a really tight end, really good tight end, not to lack both of those spots. And I feel like in this league, it was even more important. Um, did you guys have any thoughts similar to that? Did you go in with the strategy or did you kind of just go into it like any other draft? Um, I, so I've done a couple vamp drafts before. The first time I did one, I got totally burnt on it because I didn't, I just like wasn't thinking and didn't uh, get a second quarterback. And I think I told you guys this already, but my quarterback for the entire season was Russell Wilson. <laughs> and I had no other option there. Ended up winning the league somehow because I drafted just a ton of depth at skill positions. And that paid off was because injuries stacked up. Um, and I had, you know, three or four running backs behind them to like slot in. Um, so this one, I was kind of, I got burnt by a tight end run right after I picked where like oh, six yeah. tight ends went off the board in the next eight picks probably. Um, so I waited a little too long on that. And so I actually missed out on getting a top quarterback and a top tight end, which John, same as you, I've been trying to do that in about every league is get at least one of those, um, you know, kind of positional advantages. I missed out on those here, but I, I do feel pretty comfortable with the depth of, you know, wide receivers and running backs I have here. Yeah. I don't, I'm just not expecting much from tight ends, um, from the tight ends I got. I got Dalton Schultz and Jawan Johnson, which yeah. is just gross. And then I got Dak Prescott as a quarterback. Like, I do think he'll, he could very well be like top eight this year. So I don't think I'm losing much there, but not really gaining anything. I was but. definitely gunning for Dak whenever you drafted him. Like, I know we were on opposite ends of the board, Nate, but I – Yeah. Did, so that – he was your first quarterback taken. I guess I did. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, you, you and I were the only ones that waited until, like, ninth or tenth round to grab one. Yeah, I guess in my head I just didn't think that you were going to go after him, but I he was definitely my next pick whenever you took him, even though we weren't yeah. close. So I thought that was a good pick. Yeah. Yeah, it was – this league was interesting because, well, one, I had the 11th slot, so I got sniped about seven times. But it's weird because you're not used to drafting a backup quarterback and tight end. So that automatically eliminates two positions on the bench. So it's interesting. Everybody also drafted a backup kitcher, kitcher, kicker, which I thought was hilarious. So it'll be interesting well, to see. So that was, that was a stipulation, though. That was a rule for the draft. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right, but so like, one of the rules for the roster spots, I couldn't make this happen on Sleeper, so I just announced it to everybody. You either had to take two kickers or two defenses, and I think the reason that everybody took kickers is because like Nick Bosa can hit, can get injured, but you can still play the 49ers defense. Yeah, like if Graham Gano tears his ACL, you're SOL, like you're not going to have a kicker for the rest of the season. So I assume that's why most people went with kickers or if there wasn't a reason, they just didn't think about it and they followed suit with everybody else, which I think is also plausible, but that was my mm -hmm. reasoning at least. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's just, I guess I didn't think about that in terms of depth of the roster that I guess I probably yeah. should have because it kind of hit me like halfway through the draft. I was like, oh yeah. I have to take another. <laughs> how, 
how do you guys feel about the strength of the vampire? He's going to be tough. Chase, yeah. <laughs> better get a pull off some wins quick, just not week three. It's it's impossible to take away like all the good candidates from the vamp. You just don't have a, enough roster spots to do that. So they're always going to be left with like, you know, a couple kind of sleeper guys that could go off. Um, but in this one, and I was kind of telling this to Layton, this is in all the other vamp drafts I've done before this, they've all been offline drafts on site. And so there is total collusion against the vamp <laughs> in those drafts. Yeah. Trying to like box them out out of any, you know, potential like running backs that could get called up next or like boxing them out of quarterbacks and everything. So there's a lot of a lot of foul play going on in those. And we could have probably coordinated something like that if we were all like on a FaceTime or something. But being an offline draft, you're more focused on just your team and just making the right picks for yourself and whatnot, um, which is kind of funny. But this is, yeah, he's got a pretty strong uh, week one starting lineup. I, I like. I don't think he wins week one, but you don't have to as the vamp. It's really like if you can get a win in your first three weeks, hmm. that's when you can be dangerous. Yeah, because injuries pile up after two weeks. Um, you know, you're able to grab a starting running back off waivers then. And then once you get one win under your belt, you've got a stud wide receiver or something that you can throw on. That's when it gets a little scary. I, I, so you talked about kind of colluding against the vamp. I had talked to that with a couple of my coworkers with quarterbacks, at least uh -huh. of, yep. you know, Hey, should we all get together and try to make it to where they're not going to have a starting quarterback until somebody gets injured. But again, I don't know if that's really worth it. I don't know that that actually helps. It's probably not, honestly. Yeah. I think the more beneficial play is to like, I think we were talking about it was like uh, the Devin A chain or whatever his name is, mm -hmm. the running back from Miami, Devon A chain. Yeah, it was like, it was getting to the point in the draft where there were not that many picks left and everybody had to get two kickers and a defense or two defenses and a kicker. So you couldn't really draft skill positions anymore. But I think like right. those are probably more important than than the quarterbacks because I mean those guys, like you're drafting them because you think they could go off for the vamp, but like that could also help you out a lot by having them on your team. So right. but having three quarterbacks does nothing for you. It just it leaves the vamp with like a Baker Mayfield. And that's still, <laughs> you know, good enough. For them to right, it's put up still, 15 points. yeah, 10 to 15 points a week, and yeah, right, yeah, it was, but fun. I yeah. thought it was, it was fun. It is, it is very hard, and I totally missed on bye weeks for my team. Oh my gosh, I have so six many players did. on a week seven bye. <laughs> That's crazy. You don't play, so, you don't play no. chase that week, right. I do not. No, I do not play the vamp in week seven, thankfully. That was the first thing I checked. But that was a total uh, that was a total whoopsie on my part. It happens. It's our first time doing it, so we're excited to see how it goes. I think it'll also be a ton of fun. So I guess we'll just kind of move on from there. Watch so, out for Vamp Jefferson. Vamp Jefferson. <laughs> that was a great name. That was that phenomenal. I just saw that. <laughs> it did kill me. 
All right. Do we have time for uh, did it? Did it, kill, did it kill you? Did did it kill you, Layton? <laughs> okay. With that, we're uh, we're heading out. <laughs> John killed himself with that. Got All him. Right. All right. Uh, All right. I do have a little segment. Um, so, a friend oh, yeah. of mine and a, uh, a fellow chump, or I guess listener of the Chumps podcast, Chump Nation. Um, Chump Nation he uh, reached out to me. It was while we were down for our uh, league of record draft. Um, he had texted me a photo of his uh, lineup for a team he just drafted, and he wanted me to rate it. And it took me a couple of days to get back to him. Shocking. But then I, I I finally looked at it, dove in, and now I'm giving you guys a raw reaction to his lineup. Okay. So let's hear it. This is this is Christian, my friend Christian. Um his lineup is Justin Fields at quarterback, Tony Pollard and DeAndre Swift as RB one and two, uh-huh. Diggs Adams, wide receiver one and two. Tight end Dallas Goddard. It's a double flex, so he's got Terry McLaurin and Michael Pittman in there. And then his bench is A.J. Dillon, Deontay Johnson, Elijah Moore, Cole Kmet, and Jordan Love. How do we feel about this? Raw reaction to it, I think it's fine. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a great. I've just been. I'm. I'm shooting him straight up. I am a little lower on Devontae Adams than most people are. One because of his age. Two because of the change at quarterback. And three, I don't think the Raiders are going to be a great offense. Uh with Diggs, there's just a lot of options in Buffalo. He's still going to be really good, but he may not be like the top four or five guy that you drafted him to be. I think he may bring up the back end of the top ten or top twelve for wide receivers justin fields you had to pay a premium for him but he got a good quarterback um the running backs are a little bit rough but again i i think this is a a playoff contention team depending on is it did you say it's a 10 team or a 12 team league yeah he told me it was a 10 team league 10 team league probably has six four or six teams in the playoffs so yeah i Mm -hmm. i think that's a it's a good enough high enough upside team to contend for a playoff spot which at the end of the day that's what you want so yeah i don't have bad things to say about it by any means layton yeah honestly when you told us we were gonna react and roast this guy's team i thought it was gonna be like russell wilson at quarterback we got Jonathan Taylor running back for cover receiver, you know, that type of situation. But I don't think it's that bad. Your receivers are really good. Your running backs suck. You have three of them on your roster, and one of them is A.J. Dillon. And the other one that is starting is DeAndre Swift. He played like five games last year. Granted, In those five good. games, he was really good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, granted, he's good, but he got hurt. So if I were you, I'd drop Jordan Love immediately since it's not a super flex league, and I'd pick up Deion Jackson or somebody else at the running back position. Just give yourself another swing. Did he, did you say he had a backup tight end? Yeah, tight he has Cole Komet, which is decent. Yeah, I'd also be tempted just to drop him for the running back just because. But overall, like John said, good quarterback, paid up for him, but – all the other positions are honestly solid besides running back, so I can't really complain too much. I, I like I, yeah. I think he'll make the playoffs. Yeah, when I first looked at it, I was like, 
<laughs> but and I think it was it was solely me looking at DeAndre Swift as his RB two. Yeah, didn't really know what was going on there. But uh, I'm just blown away how he was able to get this team. Like, and I'm trying to think of like how he would be able to get Diggs, then Pollard, and then Devonte Adams. Paul, like, I Pollard he, he didn't tell Pollard. me Pollard fell. Yeah, do you think Pollard, Pollard fell, fell or do you yeah. think Adams fell? No, Pollard. Because I I have gotten Adams at the back or at the start of the third before, and Pollard I feel like in any ESPN league is going like early second. Did, I know this is sleeper. Did he reach for Diggs? Potentially, he could have. He could have yeah. had Diggs at like four or something or five. That yeah. could have worked. I don't know, but he definitely took Pollard third. Yeah, I agree. It was Diggs, Adams, okay. Pollard. Just off a guess. And then you think Justin Fields probably in the fourth or fifth round. But... <laughs> probably. But yeah, it's got potential, I think. I think it's like John said, I think this I think it sneaks into the playoff. I would look it... look for a trade outlet for Devontae Adams for maybe a better running back. Like if you can Ooh. package Adams and Swift together for like uh Dijon. I don't think anybody's gonna take that. But <laughs> no, no, <they> will not. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe like a Nick Chubb. Or Saquon yeah. Barkley, somebody yeah, in that range. I would consider that if I had either of those guys for those two players. So I think that would be great. I mean, I think if you do that, Terry McLaurin's easily uh, could be a wide receiver too on your team, and then you've got Deontay to just move up into the double flex. Yeah, he should yep. start. Deontay I think that's a better or Terry team, McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, if he plays, is not going to be hundred percent. So yeah. text him right now to do that. Actually, while we I will. move on. I move on to the lock of the week. Let's lock this podcast down and go on. So we decided to do this in order of how we finished in our main dynasty league or in our main league last year, league of record, not dynasty league. Either way, I still would have gotten last, but John, he finished highest. So go ahead. Who is your lock of the week for week one with the spread? I cannot say that I'm surprised that I had the best record of us three last year. Um, Ouch. It's a, it's a, it's, hey, somebody has to be first. Somebody has to be last. You weren't it's, first. It's the nature of the group. I was first <laughs> of the group. Okay. Uh, <laughs> proud, proudly one game over 500. Uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're winners here. No, All so right. my, my lock of the week will be the Jacksonville Jaguars playing the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. They are. They've got a five-point line. They're they're five-point favorites in in Indy. I think that is a slam dunk lock of the week. I just don't see a world where the Colts score enough points to be within five points of the Jags. The only way that it happens, and it's a killer, but it's a garbage time fourth quarter touchdown or field goal that gets them within that five points. So um, the Jags are definitely winning this game. I don't think it's going to be close at all. Uh, but I, I really like the five points. I, I think that's a pretty solid line. So give me the Jags minus five. I like it. Make it. You're up on the docket. <laughs> so my lock of the week, I felt some pushback from this from the group, but Easy. this is a slam dunk. This is a windmill 360 left hand cock it back, slam it. Browns plus two and a half at home against the Bengals. It doesn't get any easier than this, honestly. I mean, it's it does. <laughs> it I, I, doesn't though. 
That's like so, Steph Curry. It's like Steph Curry <laughs> trying to dunk that. <laughs> Which he can do. Barely. Barely. But, <laughs> so Browns plus two and a half uh, at home against the Bengals. I just think week one, um, getting points as a home team in a divisional matchup is huge. Um, especially with Joe Burrow being kind of hurt this offseason. Um, hasn't really been practicing that much. Says he's good to go, but don't know how much that really means. Um, also, Burroughs kind of struggled in week one games in the past for his career. I think he's one and two in those. And last year's week one was absolutely abysmal when he threw like five picks against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he also has never beaten the Browns in Cleveland. So <laughs> all those things working in my favor. Um, I like the pick. Layton, what do you have? All right. So coming, bringing up the rear, I decided to go with, any team against a rookie quarterback is my strategy for week one. So I, the Jags would have been my pick, but John took them. So I took the Falcons minus three and a half at home over the Carolina Panthers. I know they have a new quarterback, Desmond Ritter, but I thought he looked decent last year when he played. And full offseason as the starter, no real questions, got all those reps they added the greatest running back of all time in Bijan Robinson to the roster. Ooh. Definitely not true, but they added Bijan. Kyle Pitts is healthy going in the season. Drake London's just getting, you know, another year better. And they spent a lot of money on that defense. I didn't really realize this, but they, they backed up the Brinks truck for Jesse Bates and they already had a good cornerback in AJ Terrell. So they just had to figure out the rest of that secondary, but they added a lot of defensive players, so I'm very excited to see how they do. I think they're going to come out firing and challenge the Saints for the division title this year. So I'm picking the Falcons minus three and a half for my lock of the week. like it. You guys I, both kind I of like took the one. same strategy, betting against the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, it's Bryce Young. I'm surprised to see over the line. Anyway. <laughs> He's good at hiding back there. He's going to yeah, That's a low-hanging fruit. That, yeah, what? Ooh. Oh, 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 all right. On that note, guys, not even Bryce Young can reach that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so sorry. It's been a great offseason pre draft for the NFL. So hopefully all your drafts went well listening to the fantasy chumps. I know all of ours did. So good luck this year with your fantasy leagues. And we'll catch you after week one. Thanks, guys.